following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. I want you to think about if your family was the cast of your favorite TV show, which character would each person in your family be? We're gonna, you're going to be with family maybe on Thursday for Thanksgiving. You could use extended family. Or you could just think about yourself, right? If it's too hard to think about the whole family and where they fit into this puzzle, just think about yourself. Your favorite TV show, which character are you? We've been watching The Office in my house with my older son. So with The Office, of course, it's always, who's Dwight? (laughs) And of course, whoever thinks that their Jim is actually Michael. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So... Take a minute and think about that. Who would each person in your family be if they were the cast of your favorite TV show? Especially who would you be? Where would you fit into the puzzle? So today, we're in the uh, third week of this series, Growing in Faith Together 2.0. And what we're doing is revisiting something that we did last fall which is a fundraising campaign to improve our building. And if you've been here throughout this series, you know that in the first week, our title was Growing. We talked about growing, specifically how our kids are growing. They're growing up around us, and we uh, need to prepare them and ourselves for the day when they are the adults of Artisan, and they are in leadership here. And we want to turn the church over to them sooner rather than later, and we want to prepare them spiritually for that moment And our space is very constrained right now. I'm going like this because it's over in that end of the building primarily. And so we have big plans down there, which we talked about in the first week. Last week, we talked about the idea of welcoming, the idea that God wants us to open the doors to God's banquet feast as wide as we can. God wants us to pull up as many chairs around the table of the feast that God provides as we can. But that right now, there's some specific barriers in our building that, um, that keep certain groups of people from having a full experience of life together with us in this building. People who we care about in our hearts, and uh, so we want to address those barriers in particular ways. I'm, I'm thinking specifically of our entry doors, which are um, not, they don't, they, don't mo- they don't have motorized entry, so wheelchair users and other people who can't open the doors um, or have difficulty opening the doors uh, can't get in without us either propping it open or helping it open, holding it open for them. Uh, there's a similar problem with accessibility in our restrooms. They, I think, are barely uh, compliant with the ADA right now. Um, we would like to get well above barely compliant with that legislation uh, and also just have them be much more functional for people who need more space uh, when they use the restroom and to make them non-gendered so that people who are transgender or uh, non-binary or for whatever reason don't feel comfortable using a gendered bathroom won't have to think about that at all. They can just go into whatever one they want to use and that's important to us too. And so I, I asked you last week if you were here that if you've recently started to attend Artisan because of our commitments to accessibility and LGBTQ inclusion that this campaign might be the time for you to put your money where your convictions are. Um, because uh, those things uh, need support. They don't, they don't just happen on their own. If you are the type of person who just can't get enough capital campaign sermons and you missed the last couple of weeks, you can listen to them on the podcast. Uh, that would make you a very weird person, but go ahead. I invite you to do it. Hopefully they're not bad. Um, <clears throat> you can listen to those in the mobile app as well. 
Today's sermon is titled Together, and I'm excited to share some ideas about togetherness with you. But first, before I go any further, I need to give my weekly uh, shout out to the people in the room who have that kind of visceral response to the idea of fundraising in church. If I said the words fundraising campaign and you went, oh no, why did I have to come here today? This moment is for you. Uh, (laughs) If you've been in churches where it seemed like they were perpetually raising money, perpetually expanding and getting bigger and always asking for your money for the next big thing, and you're like, oh, I thought this place was different. Why is this happening? This moment is for you. First of all, I know that uh, I've told you this before, but I kind of feel that way too. And I wouldn't be up here doing this if I didn't believe in the, in the particularities of this project. But I also wanted to say that as far as I can discern God's calling for this church, and especially for myself as a pastor and as a human being, I, I can't see us in that perpetual fundraising, perpetual expansion zone, right? Um, I will never say never because you never know what God is going to do, but it's very hard for me to imagine a future where I'm up here in five years saying, hey, gang, good job the last time we did this and the time before that, but we need to expand again. Let's raise some more money. I think it's much, 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 much more likely that if we continue to grow and outgrow the space that we have after we've done this project, that what I'm going to be up here for four or five weeks preaching about is not raising more money, but actually how do we make the difficult choices about which 30% of us are going to leave and start a new church? Because that's the way I see God growing this community um, if we are blessed to experience that type of growth. Okay? Um, again, I don't know what the future holds, uh, but if you're worried about perpetual fundraising, uh, I promise you I'm more worried about that because that's an, uh, not an indication of the type of health that I want for us and that I believe God wants for us. But that's all future speculation today. We are right here in this series, fall 2018, and I want you to know that right now in this moment, the thing I'm most concerned about is that we don't take our focus off the task of worshiping God in community with each other when we're here, even if we're talking about fundraising. And hopefully we're doing this and framing this in a way, hopefully I've been preaching in a way that makes it possible for you to have a meaningful experience with God, even if this capital campaign is not something that God is calling you to be part of personally. So with that in mind, I want to turn our attention to the scriptures, and I want to read a passage for you today from the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to go to chapter 12. Now, if you wanted to read along in the red Bibles that are provided in the seat pockets, you could. It's going to be on page 933, but this week, I'm actually reading a different translation of this text than the one that we provide in the seat pockets. I'm going to read from the NIV translation. There's not a whole lot of difference between these two, Um, but... I wanted to use the NIV for a reason that I'll explain to you a little bit later. So if you want to follow along, you can. Just know the words will be a little bit different. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. And I'll read through verse 22 and then also read verse 26. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. He says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. 
it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And verse 26 says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. I love that statement. Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. See, I think it's um, quite easy for us to fall into a trap. We could fall into this trap, whether it's about the specific task of raising money for the building and the reasons we want to do it, or we could fall into this trap any week of any year that we are in existence as a church because we have the particular commitments that we do. The trap that we can fall into is saying that we want to welcome people who are not usually welcomed in churches, whether it's children or people with disabilities or people who are LGBTQ. We could add here people of color, uh, people who live below the poverty line, people who are single, lots of groups that often feel excluded in churches. We can fall into the trap of saying we want to welcome any one of these groups or all of them so that we can share our own goodness with them. Do you hear how at first that sounds noble and then very quickly as you examine it, it starts to sound very arrogant? And yet, I confess that that's sometimes how we think about it and talk about it and act in churches. When we, when we do good things, we do them for sometimes kind of not a good reason. And what I believe we need to do is move away from the mentality that says, oh, we should welcome these poor people in out of the generosity and goodness of our own hearts. And instead, move to a place where we, we say, oh, wow, those people who we thought were weaker, they're actually indispensable. The kingdom of God is actually not complete unless they're here. And this is the reason why I chose to use the NIV instead of the NRSV. Because it, it, it uses the same Greek text, right? It's translated into English by a different group of people in a slightly different way. And it uses the word parts instead of the word members, right? Now, if you know English a little bit, you know that part and member can both be used to mean the same thing in relation to a body, right? But the NRSV's translation using the word members makes the church sound like a club that has membership. When what the text is trying to show us is that the church is like a body that has parts. And if those parts aren't functioning together or if some of them are absent, the body is not whole. That being said, there is one aspect of using the word member that gives us a very strong image for what happens when the church doesn't have all of its parts in place, all of its members in place. Do you know what that word is? Dismember. That's a, that's a fairly visceral word, isn't it? What this is saying is that if we are missing people, 
if we have groups that are, are excluded or marginalized or mo- uh, we haven't made room for them, it's like our body is torn apart. It's like we've been dismembered. That's a powerful image. So maybe you don't have a disability yourself. Maybe no one in your family does. Maybe you don't need motorized entry doors. Maybe you don't need fully accessible restrooms. Maybe you have never been shamed for using a gendered restroom that fits your identity. Maybe you don't have any children and you don't really expect that you ever will. Maybe none of those specific reasons why we're doing this expansion project apply to you directly. I want to say to you that this is still a project that should matter to you. All of these improvements should still be of concern to you. Not because it's a way of welcoming people in so that we can share our goodness with them, but because it's a way of making it possible for those people who we thought and who society says are weaker to be part of our community and we need them to be because they're indispensable, as it turns out. So, we've made some videos when we did this campaign last fall, and we've reused a few of them already, a couple of them already. I want to show you one more video. This is actually the introductory launch video for the campaign, but it speaks to some of these, um, these questions that are at hand right now. So I want to show you that video right now. So uh, go ahead and roll that, would you please? There's a beautiful proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far go together. Over the past few years at Artisan, we have grown a lot, slowly but surely. We've grown in our attendance, our families have been growing, and we've watched our kids growing up all around us. And we've grown in our understanding of the gospel, how God's welcome is deeper and wider than we could ever have understood. But as we have grown, we have come against some of the shortcomings of our building, how it is not as accessible or inclusive as it should be how, particularly in our children's ministry space, things get very tight on Sundays. And these shortcomings with the building, they inhibit our ability to live out the calling that we believe God has placed on us. So as we look ahead to the next several years of ministry at Artisan, we want to continue to grow. But not just numerically. We want to grow in our faith. We want to grow in our capacity to minister to the children and families in our community. We want to grow in our ability and our willingness to extend God's deep and wide welcome to all people. And one of the great truths of the Christian faith is that we don't do this alone. Remember that beautiful proverb, we want to go far, so let's go together. I hope that you will join us in this important work. This is Growing in Faith Together. So um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, by the way, obviously there's no visual aspect to that. You can find that video at artisangrowing.com. I want to ask you, do you see now how our building, our facility, is truly an expression of how we value people? Do you see how this building is a huge part of how we define what the word together actually means? Because if we're not together with all of us, We're impoverished. We are dismembered. That's the first meaning of together today. 
the other meaning of together, which you know I'm coming to, is the idea that we have to work together to make this happen. Do you remember the passage from the Gospel of Mark that I read before our confession of sin this morning? The variation of the feeding of the 5,000 that instead of using the child's lunch, Jesus asks the disciples to provide the food for the people. I just think that's so poignant and powerful. They want to send the people away so that they can take care of themselves. And Jesus says, no, you give them something to eat. And I was really struck by that choice. Send them away or give them something to eat. And yes, it requires a miracle on the back end of that process. But do you notice how the miracle doesn't start until someone offers up their, their own food? And I feel like that's a, we have a version of that choice that we're facing now with, with the people who want to be part of uh, this community, the people that God might be drawing to this community. We have a choice of either sending them away or of providing for them in some ways that we need to provide for them if they're to ever find their way into this building and experience God fully. So that's the task that's before us. I'll remind you, as I always do when we talk about this thing, of that beautiful verse from 2 Corinthians that says, Each of you must give as you've made up your mind, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This may not be the thing for some of you, right? You may not be part of ours, you might be visiting, you may just not have the calling right now, but for some of you it is the thing that God wants you to do right now. And it's a chance for you to be part of something that's truly beautiful. So what the text says there in 2 Corinthians is just make up your mind to do it and do it. Don't do it half-heartedly. I definitely don't want you to do it because some pastor told you you had to give in order to earn God's favor. But I want you to do it confidently and joyfully if it's something that the Spirit is speaking to you about. So... As I conclude here, I want to go a little bit deeper into the, um, the, the when and why and how you can give. I've given just a very quick overview of that in the past weeks, and I want to give you a little bit more detail now. Um, first of all, by the way, there, uh, there may be a little bit more urgency with the fundraising than I've given you uh, reason to believe over the last couple of weeks. Some of the number crunchers sent me a very kindly worded email this week saying, hey, could you remind them about this part of it? And this part of it is this. Um, we have to do this kind of dance between... Uh, short-term borrowing and long-term borrowing uh, to make this project happen because it turns out contractors, they want to get paid the whole amount right up front. <laughs> right when they finish the project, they want, to give it, they want to get a check. So we have to pay for the whole thing by the end of the summer when the, when the last truck is pulling out of the parking lot. That means that since we won't have all the money raised, we have to borrow a fairly large sum to get it to happen. And then, as the pledges come in over three years, we'll pay off that loan. And what I've been talking about is uh, getting enough pledges in so that we can pay off that whole loan in the three years and not take on additional long-term debt. But there's actually some urgency about the idea of getting some money in our accounts so that we can pay the contractors and get the financing approvals that we need to start the project. And those deadlines are actually coming up quite quickly. So if you've been kind of holding off thinking, well, um, it's not urgent. Scott's been talking about just this long-term thing. There is a short-term need as well. Uh, and we're confident enough that this is going to happen that we're, we're making very you know, detailed plans, and we're going forward with this. But every dollar that we raise in the, in the short term will make it uh, smoother financial approvals, and that kind of thing matters too. Um, <clears throat> so if you're able to make a, a one-time upfront gift, that's definitely helpful, and of course it's uh, end-of-year tax stuff that might play into that as well. Let me tell you how you can do this. There's a couple of ways. You can go online to artisangrowing.com, or if you already give online, you can log into your um, PushPay account 
and just make a, a one-time gift or a recurring gift right in the browser window to the Growing uh, in Faith Together campaign. You can do that same thing in the mobile app, by the way. If you tap the Growing button, uh, it will give you the opportunity to do that through PushPay, which is our payment processing center thing. Um, but if you're not sure what you are able to give or how much you plan to give, you can make a pledge, and we'd actually like you to do that even if you already know, just so we can keep things um, consistent. But if, you're, if you're, you know you want to give, but you're not ready to make the transaction happen right away, you can fill out the pledge form, and that can be found in those same places as well. It's just a way of telling us, this is how much I'm going to give now, this is how much I'll give in a recurring way over the coming weeks or months um, or, or years. So... <clears throat> Those of you who have smartphones, if you don't know this, let me show you what you can do here. If you text, if you send a text message to the number 77977, 77977, and you text the word artisan, I'm doing this on my phone so that you'll see what happens, and you hit send there, it doesn't send like money right away like when you do that for the Red Cross or whatever, but it sends a link back. So if you don't know how to get into the system, just text the word artisan to 77977. And it pumps that link right back at you, and you can um, follow it and get going that way. It's very, actually very easy to give using your mobile phone uh, for those of you who do that. So the last thing I'll say about the giving part of it is this. Uh, if I haven't been clear, what, what we are asking, what I am asking for you to do, uh, is to give an additional amount above and beyond what you already give at Artisan. Because, you know, that's the way the math works. We've got to, we've got to do something bigger and more than what we already are doing. So if you are a regular giver, I am asking you to give a little bit more, whatever you can. Some of you uh, at Artisan don't, don't give at all. You haven't given regularly, and that's, that's okay. Um, but this might be a time for you to take the, the opportunity to start doing that, and that would be really wonderful as well. It's crucially important, though, that you know that even if you don't give a dime, even if you can't give a penny, that doesn't change your relationship to the church in any way. It doesn't change how I feel about you, how Artisan feels about you. It certainly doesn't change how God feels about you. Um, this exhortation that I'm making right now is in no way intended to be a guilt trip, and it's certainly not meant to be uh, spiritual leveraging. Okay? I will still be your pastor three years from now if you've never given a dollar to this campaign. And I, it's really important for me that you know that. So, all right. Last, uh, next, next week we're going to conclude this campaign with a uh, fun little interactive experience. It really will be fun um, because the snow is going to melt and we're going to get to see all the stuff that we, that we spray painted on the lawn out there. And you've noticed the tape throughout the building, right? That's designed to show you walls that are going to come down or new walls that are going to go up. And next week we're going to get to like, do a little 3D uh, building plan experience where we go into the places that we're going to do work and somebody will be in each of those places to kind of give you a little tour. They're going to be your tour guide, your docent for the building expansion process and it's going to be really fun. So I hope that you'll be here next week for that. Um, <clears throat> so that's the final week of the campaign next Sunday. All right, well, um, I would like to ask you to pray for this campaign. I have, should have been asking you to do that all along but I haven't until now. I'm sorry about that. But I'm going to ask for your prayers that this will be a success, that we'll um, get this process done smoothly and cleanly, and uh, that it will be everything we hope it to be and more. Will you, will you pray for your church this week when you think of it? Um, that would mean a lot. Let's pray together now. 
Thank you, God, for this beautiful image that we get in Scripture of what the church is supposed to be, of a body with many parts. I'm so grateful for each one in this room and the part of the body that they are. Help us to rejoice with every part of the body, especially remembering that those we thought to be weaker are actually indispensable. What a beautiful truth that is. May we take it to heart, not just in this campaign, but in our life together. Uh, going forward from this day, wherever you might lead. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, I'd like to invite you to come and take communion now or to receive personalized prayer at the back with a member of our prayer team if you wish. If you would like to take communion, come up through these two center aisles, take communion at the table and go out through the outer aisles. We have both wine and juice. We have a regular bread and a gluten-free bread. Hopefully that serves you and your family in the right way. Come and receive the body and blood of the Savior. May it be spiritual food for your hungry souls and an act of unity with each other and Christians around the world. Our tables open. Come and receive God's mercy on you. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.